What's up, Dreadheads? I'm John. And I'm Joe. And welcome to a brand new episode of Spread the Dread Podcast. This week, we are on episode 65. And as we have promised, I don't know if that's a good promise, bad <laughs> it's promise. It's not a good promise. It's not. But, it doesn't uh, make us feel good. No, we're starting a brand new series. Now, we had done Tortures and Executions. Mm-hmm. Well, we did seven of those. Yeah, I think. Six or seven. Pretty sure it was seven. Um, And now we're starting a brand new series. And this one is going to be called Worst Parents Ever. So, And let your mind's imagination just fucking go because it gets goddamn bad. Absolutely. So we're kind of reserving this spot. I mean, we've obviously covered some instances where there were some shit parents. Yeah, Joseph Fritzl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even Fred and uh, Rose West. Uh, you know, stuff like that. But these, this is kind of reserved for the ones that really weren't necessarily serial killers. There wasn't a lot of big stories to cover, but they had one-off instances and things of that nature. So that is the uh, series damn, that we are starting now. Um, so real quick, before we jump into this, uh, I want to thank you guys all for the tremendous plays for episode 64, Mamoru Takuma, the Osaka School Massacre. If you have not checked that one out yet, please do. Uh, our previous Fright Flick Fuck Mary Kill, we had a uh, a junior dreadhead Patreon pick from one Miss Cheeky Manx, and that was the uh, Kevin Smith horror film Tusk. And the next Fright Flick you're going to check actually came from another junior dreadhead pick, uh, Dylan Matt, and that is going to be the Turkish horror film Baskin. If you're wondering what's junior dreadhead, what's all this, go to spreadthedreadpodcast.com. First off, you're going to find links to all of our podcast platforms, YouTube and BitChute. If you're checking this out on YouTube and BitChute, make sure that you like, comment, subscribe, and share. And we can go ahead and announce it. Hopefully, hopefully the next episode, we are actually going to film Joe and myself while we're recording this. So there will actually be video for y'all to look at. Even if y'all don't want it, it's going to be out there. Absolutely. I don't know why anyone would want it, but we've had a lot of requests for it. So yeah. that's going down. But the Fry Flick, Fuck, Mary Kills, and the Talking Dreads all have video. And that's on YouTube and BitChute. Uh, on SpreadTheDreadPodcast.com, you're going to find, uh, again, links to our social media, our store where you can pick yourself up some Dread threads, and link to our Patreon. We have four tiers, freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior Dreadheads. You get access to our Discord server. Um, you get to vote in monthly polls to pick a horror film. This month, we're doing actual trilogies where you can pick between the Erotic Grotesque Nonsense Trilogy by Talking Dread alumni Jonathan Doe, the, oh God, the, the I, th- I can't remember, Slaughtered Vomit Dolls or yeah. Vomit Gore Trilogy from Lucifer Valentine, and the August Underground Trilogy by Mr. Fred Vogel. So that's what they're currently picking right now. Looks like Erotic Grotesque Nonsense <laughs> yeah. is going to win. So thanks, Jonathan, Jonathan Doe. Really not looking forward to that. But it is what it is. And the dread t- Dreadheads have spoken. Uh, but there's tiers where you'll get to pick your own episode of Fright Flick. If you're a junior, 10 bucks a month, you get to pick your own Fright Flick. And you get a free exclusive sticker every month. And if you're a senior Dreadhead at 30 a month, you get a free t-shirt every month exclusive brand new 
free t-shirt every month if you check out our designs not seen anywhere else nope and they're all done by joe this month everyone's getting the albert fish fry t-shirt which has an image of him in the electric chair and stuff like that that's actually one of my favorite ones i've ever done i enjoy it very much but if you're at 30 you loved fish fries you know because we're from south carolina exactly and if you get the if you're a senior dreadhead you get a free t-shirt every month an exclusive one every single month and you get to pick your own episode of spread the dread podcast so keep that in mind uh, oh, and finally, if you are checking this, oh, uh, when, actually, sorry, uh, P.S. to the Patreon thing, <laughs> you're also going to get an exclusive episode every month with me and Joe and our yes, boys, Dave, Dave and, Garrett and Garrett, over at Criminal as Fuck. We're going to be doing our own show called Dreadful as Fuck. Yes. That's only going to be for uh, the Patreons for Spread the Dread and Criminal as Fuck. That's going to be coming at the end of April. That's the first month that that happens. What so do they be call around. their guys? The debauched. The debauched. The yeah. debauched and the dreadheads. So yes. make sure that you're on board for that. Fuck yeah. Uh, so yeah, so definitely patreon.com slash spread the dread podcast. We'll give you all the details right there. And finally, before we start out, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, make sure to leave us a five-star review. Screenshot that shit. Send over your screenshot and mailing address to our IG, Facebook, or Spread the Dread podcast at gmail.com, and we will send you out some free, exclusive, you can only get them this way, five-star super spreader Spread the Dread podcast stickers. Right now, we have them all sent out. Yep. Uh, if you have not received your stickers and you've reached out to us, please hit us up. I think the, the mail actually took them today. This is April 18th. We're recording this. You're listening on April 19th. So uh, if it's been within the past week, be patient. They're on your on the way. But if you if you fucking hit us up come like a Tuesday month ago, of next week, yeah. come Tuesday next week, you ain't got stickers. Please hit us up. Absolutely. We, we have three kids. John works a full time job. Well, I'm no, a fucking I, nurse. I'm sure, like God damn. I'm pretty y'all. sure we've kept up with everything, but we are also <laughs> at the mercy of the United States Postal Service, and yeah, I will leave too. it at that. So let's buckle up now. It's been a minute since we've done a multi-topic show, so fucking bear with us, dreadheads. But let's strap up for what is going to seriously be probably one of the worst episodes that we have done in a while. And we're going to continue on with this, you sick fucks. And that is Worst Parents Ever, Part 1. So, dreadheads, you know usually when we're doing a single topic, I like to toss it over to Joe for bio and background and all that stuff. But in this episode we're actually going to be covering three different people that is going to be sean ryan grail of maricopa county uh arizona then we're also covering ronnie o'neill the third wait till we talk about that fucking dirt bag if you're not familiar with him get ready uh. and also michelle blair uh so we're just again and uh, another big shout out to uh she's actually a junior dreadhead chris owen aka cheeky manx she got to pick tusk uh, for last month's, for, or sorry, last week's Fright Flick, Fuck, Mary Kill. She's also quickly becoming just a part of the whole thing here. She's yeah. massive with our research and stuff like that. She's an awesome Canuck, and she <laughs> helped us big time on these notes as well. Uh, so, Joe, let's kick off with the very first worst parent ever we're going to talk about, and that is Sean Ryan Grail of Maricopa County, Arizona. Yes, so this motherfucker was born uh, February 17th of 1975. Um, he has a relatively short background, but as a child, he actually killed his family's cat. Not a good sign. Yep. Not set, a good sign. If you know anybody- fire to their dog. 
He yeah. set fire to the dog? Yeah, so he... Gave he, him the old hot tail. Yes. Yeah, so oh, Pyromaniac from an early age. And even burned down the house they actually lived in. Holy shit. Yeah. So we got animal abuse, which is always... a. If you know anybody at a young age abusing animals, you need to fucking Red tell flag, someone. warning, because, warning. Yes, absolutely. Warning, warning, <laughs> warning. Because then... They're lighting the dog on fire, but then before you know it, the whole goddamn house is up in flames like Sean Ryan Grell did. Yes, absolutely. So in 1988, when he was uh, just 13 years old, he was actually arrested for fondling a young girl's breast. Like, I don't want to actually hold that against him because that's I, a, a tender age where you're like, is well, this I guess, appropriate? Well, well, you know what? But it squeeze, would depend, squeeze. though. Is he doing it to someone of his own age group? It says young girl. Are yeah. we talking about someone that's a lot younger? Because, I mean, if he's a 13-year-old... Okay, so... We're Flicking talk- the titty of a twelve-year-old. That's not that. That's not. I mean, you know, it, that makes it depends sense, on anatomy, though. And when you, I mean, well, honestly, I mean, to be fair, we have a daughter, Zuzu. She's not even a year, and technically, by definition, we were referring to her as having breasts. Uh. I mean, she doesn't have them, but she's a one. You know what I'm saying with that? And no offense to my either or, neither nor fuckers out there. I'm not getting into a fucking gender constructive uh, fucking comment on you. But I mean, usually when you use the word the term breasts, you, you were, you're thinking about I, I, the, the, the chesticles of a female. <laughs> chesticles. Well, Zuzu <laughs> has chesticles. She has breasts, but that's because she's fat right yeah, now. Yeah, she's a chubby little thing. Right, right. Yeah. I guess that's where I'm like, breast means more mature. I, I don't know. I, I do get you there. I would never refer to Zuzu's. We call them her little boobies. Yeah. And she like that. She's going to be very ticklish there. Yeah. But yeah, no, I wouldn't think of them as I'm breasts. I'm not when I'm getting the boobs. We're getting armpits. But, you know, we just say or, boobies. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. So, But, I mean, considering he's on this show and where this is going, I'm going to assume it was in a not worse. good way. And there's no way of trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Okay. I agree with you there. So, either way, he was actually sent to a juvenile facility where he actually continued to get in trouble and eventually even assaulted staff and other inmates. Oh, he's a feisty fucker. Yeah, so uh, I guess amongst the turmoil... Fuck his- you up like I did my dog. <laughs> Piece of shit. If you fuck with I animals, know. fuck you. God damn, especially fucking dogs. Oh, they don't I know, right? Well, we have dogs and cats. Yeah. I know cats are shitty. We have awesome cats. Yeah, we do. Billy and Mandy are fucking... F- they're like dogs <laughs> that poop in so the dirt. We got so lucky that Cub found them at the flea market. We did. That they was a great flea market cats. find. That's right next to my Pee Wee Herman doll that I found <laughs> at the flea market. They're at the top of the pops. Go ahead, Joe. So either way, they eventually assessed him, and his act, his act, IQ was determined to be between seventy and eighty. So that's he's stupid, kinda low. right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, you know what I'm saying, but that's actually that's the terminology nowadays. I could completely. He's be wrong. mentally challenged. No, I think can't I, say retard anymore. I, I said they, it. Fuck them. No, I thought they actually still said retarded. I don't think they can even do that in medical exams anymore, you fucking woke mafia out retarded there, and I know none of you guys are listening to us. lack of development, so why would they remove that fucking terminology? I mean, that's 70, fucking, 70 to 80 that's is pretty retarded. Low, right? What? 70 to 80, that's pretty low, though, right? Yes. So, so I, without, like, pulling up the numbers, because I'm not pulling up Chrome, because I don't feel like it, but I, I don't, I think 70 and 80 is, like, childhood, like, adolescent, like, elementary school level of intelligence. Which is still intelligent enough to not kill your cat or right? light your right? dog on fire. Yes. So, again, let's not give this piece of shit any excuses, No, Joe. I'm, so I'm not. No, yeah. I know you weren't. I was just saying. Yeah, so he actually had a really bad home life. Oh, <laughs> Really? Surprise, surprise. Oh, my God. You can't make a serial killer. Fucking good. We've got 64 other episodes (laughs) to prove you fuckers wrong. (laughs) 
Um, so he spent the rest of his teenage years bouncing in and out of like the same exact juvenile facility we previously just talked about for disorderly conduct, uh, conduct, shoplifting and assault. So like he has like an authoritarian. So he's kind dumb of, and he's violent. Yeah, that's yeah. never a good. Not a good mix. Absolutely not. No. So what what happened to the gentle dumb people <laughs> like Lenny from Of Mice and Men? <laughs> He was great until suddenly... How do I know you are going to bring that up? Because I love that movie and I like that book. Despite the, the despite who I am, and I mean, it is who I am. I know what I sound mm-hmm. like, but you live there with me. There we you go. Know, <laughs> I don't put on pretenses. I, I sound and talk like this, but I like to read a lot. Yeah, you do. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, like... So Way I, more than me. Right. So, I mean, that's you know... That's why school's been a struggle for me. That's Just right. Saying. And you know what? The, <laughs> the editorials inside of a penthouse, that counts as reading. And I mean the Penthouse Magazine for all you young fucking dreadheads who've only ever known titties and vaginas and open assholes and gapers and penises to be on the internet. No, back in the day we had these thing, we had this thing called paper. And they used to print the Poor gaping mags. assholes yeah. and the erect cocks and the money shots on paper. And adults would go to a store. It's like an Amazon, but it's physical, and you can walk inside of it without having to have worked well, there. Well, no, it was even in gas stations, but well, like you, it was the ones that had the, the plastic cover on the front. Oh, no, said no, it, no, a brown paper. Explicit, explicit. Well, they, they had a nice plastic cover if they were high-end. Like Playboy and Penthouse and some of those, they would print their own protective covers that would still advertise it, but, <laughs> but if you, you knew you were getting the good shit. If that company didn't even bother to print a slipcover, so the gas station basically had to tape together two or three oh, fucking tall boy paper bags. I think that's ever, that's the only that thing shit. I ever saw was that's the those. That's the good ones. Yeah, everybody. I guess Illinois did it right. Yeah, uh, well, nothing not else right. the state of Illinois on I, this. I'm podcast. not at all. But yeah, so uh, so yeah, so uh, yeah. Where the fuck were we on this? <laughs> Holy fuck! He had a b- bad. Life, you ju- he jumped in and out of juvie. Um, by '92, he was actually convicted of assault and sent to prison. Thank you for recovering, because I have no idea how I got <laughs> off onto porn, but it happened, and it may happen again. Hey, it's Get fine. fucking buckle in, bitches. <laughs> so three years later, in 1995, he was actually back in jail for robbing a convenience getting store, those, getting those brown paper bag covered porno mags. <laughs> Just you know, wake it off. Absolutely. Now, shortly after, That's good viewing. <laughs> shortly after. After, he was actually granted parole. And now, while out, he met and started dating Amber Salem. Uh, she was 15 years old at the time, which made him between 20 and 22, which is kind of creepy. Well, yeah, and then, so now, let's keep in mind, well, yeah, because he was born in 75. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so, so, and you, you skipped one thing there. In 1999, um, he, he walked away from his last job without a word. Uh, he kind of hung around the house doing nothing for a little bit before he I ended didn't skip up... that. That's the, the next thing. Where was I at? <laughs> you jumped down. <laughs> Wait, go, you start over then. Okay, so by 92. Now you guys, you should be so worried we're going to film this next week. <laughs> because I don't have good editing skills. Oh, God. So you're going to capture even more bullshit <laughs> next week. Joe, start over and let and me find you And this is why I don't want to video this. <laughs> So, okay, so to recap, by 92, he was convicted of assault and sent to prison. Yes, you were. Wow. 95, he was back in jail for robbing a convenience store. Okay. 
shortly after. I don't know if it was in 95 or early 96. Right, but he's still he's still roughly 20 to 21 at this time. Exactly. Okay. So while out, he met and started dating Amber Salem. She was 15 years old, which pegged him, pegged him between 20 and 22 which, years old. Which gives a little bit more credence to when he was 13-year-old grabbing, groping a younger Low IQ, doubt it would, wanting doubt it somebody else. He is attracting somebody else that's like of his IQ level. That's essentially what has happened at this point. Now, July 7th of 1997. Now keep in mind, again, he's at, he's roughly 20, probably 22 at this time. 20, no, actually. He was born in 75. Okay. So okay, he's yeah, roughly yeah. 22 at this point, so which means Amber Salem is 15, My 16 math at played best. Just then, yeah. So she gives birth to their daughter, Kristen Courtney Salem. Oh. And Grell proposed to Amber in, in 1998, and she yeah, accepted. Yeah, let's do the right thing now. Yeah. Now's a good time to be a Well, man. we kind of did that, too. Huh? Like, we had kids before we ever uh, fucking got yeah, married. Yeah, you're, like, you're like six months younger than me, Joe. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would just say, I was just talking about, like, having kids out of wedlock. We're all about that shit. No, yeah, send your fucking asses <laughs> off. There's, there's, no, we're, we're right there with you. And no offense to our beautiful dreadhead Rev out there kicking it in the fucking, what was he, in Texas or Louisiana? <laughs> He's in Texas now. He was from Louisiana yes, originally. He's in Texas now. But uh, yeah, but, but yeah. So so but you know, again, we're still talking about someone. I mean, I guess at this point, she's probably she's sixteen or seventeen, depending on the state's law. She could be considered an adult. But uh, but he definitely was not fucking around with her. Uh, I didn't mean that literally, but it is uh, while she was legal. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So, so he proposed, he proposed to her, her in 1998. Yeah, and she accepted, and then they then moved into Amber's parents' house Holy to actually fuck. start that family life kind of bullshit. Zuzu, if you're listening to this in the future, please, you will never be allowed to fucking shotgun marry some man and move him into the house. Please be a lesbian. I'm so hoping that. All I keep doing. I am too. I play, dude. When you're not here. All we do is watch WNBA games. <laughs> That's all we do. That's all we do. I don't even watch and WNBA. I, I have a, I have a softball hidden somewhere. I just keep rolling it at her. You're gonna be like, no, that. you're gonna make her one of them burly dykes. You better stop. I don't care as long as as long as she's not doing this horse shit here. <laughs> Uh, so October of 1997, back to the notes that I originally got fucked up and got to, dreadheads. Uh, Grell was arrested for drug paraphernalia and went back to prison. That's a great thing for a it's single such father a gen- living no, in his it's wife's such a house. Generalize a fucking bullshit, uh, fucking. Uh, but if you've already got priors, I, it doesn't matter. I hate the paraphernalia thing because I, I got it, hit with the paraphernalia when I was like 14, 15. You also got popped for fucking dealing. I so got popped with papers. Fair. I was rolling my own fucking cigarettes Back then, at 15. Later, you got arrested for dealing. A You've year talked later. about this before. I know. I know. Where but still, smoke, paraphernalia is a fire. bullshit fucking charge. Either way, let's skip ahead about a year and a half to March of 1999, and Sean Grell is released. Uh, he landed a couple of jobs, uh, but would, you know lie on the applications obviously that's and so then, stupid to do if you have a charge uh, dreadheads if you have a fucking charge be honest i did it i had five fucking felonies on me i was always fucking honest like hey i have these charges how do you want me to fill out this application i want to work here you know how many times i actually got fucking hired every time i was honest uh, honest a hundred percent of the time and jonathan jonathan can attest I, to I this i can vouch for that but that yeah. i mean honestly every time he did it i was like oh 
Well, let's yeah. hope. But, it but always for this that. piece of shit, we're glad. Uh, so, yeah, he would eventually get fired once the background checks came back. Uh, so now, n- later in 1999, uh, he walked away from his job without a word. Uh, and he hung around the house doing nothing for a few days. So he just fucking up and quit whatever job he had at the I'm time. I'm done. I can't do this yeah. job. And so now, on December 2nd of 1999, Dreadhead... Uh, his, un- well, maybe not so much at this point underage, but they started fucking banging around while she was underage. Uh, his wife, Amber's parents found out that he was jobless and you know, they were pissed. They were pissed about they were the fucking fact living he's about still, it. I would be too. Right, He's still living there. They're, they're living it at the parents' no house. No fucking with income. The kid. Can't now, support now, your fucking kid. You are a piece of shit. Yeah, and, well, and now well, not only that, but he's unemployed by his own problem. He yeah. Quit and yeah. Shit like that. Yep. So I get it. People have hard times and shit. Uh, but but uh, Amber's parents told her that they were ready to throw Sean out of the house. Now, Amber was stuck kind of in the middle and knew that she needed to, you know, speak to Sean, try to get something going here, and you know, about his unemployment status and living with their parents and things of that nature. So she actually arranged to meet him on her lunch break. Like, hey, you know, we need to talk about this. The parents are in one ear. Sean's in the other. She's yeah. stuck in the middle. Yeah. Sean, come meet me for lunch. After uh, my lunch break from my goddamn job that right, I have, right? While you're sitting at how at home not having a job, but the conversation it, yes. it went foul as fuck, and he ended up actually leaving and bought himself several two, thirty-two ounce beers. Hey, that's a good amount of beer. Yeah, that's a good. Not that's a lot of beer. If you're unemployed, that's going to lead to more unemployment. <laughs> if you're if you're if you're a big boy like me. You work all week. You're not that big. I love how you reference it, but you're not that fucking big. Well, I meant big boy in terms of being an adult. Oh. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm sorry. I think I was thinking back well, yeah, to the Discord. Yeah, because I used to be fat as fuck back in the day. I we was, both I was, did. Well, yeah, but I was way more than you. I used to almost be 400 fucking pounds. Like, <laughs> the desk we're recording on right now would have been like two airline seats for me to fly anywhere. Oh, it's fine. No. I'm on the other side of that shit. No offense to my junkie, my chunkie dreadhead. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so yeah, the, the conversation didn't go well. He bought some beers, drove around drinking, and then he ended up stopping at a bar Phoenix. Because once you run out of 30 ounce beers, dreadheads, you need to find a watering hole. Put some liquor shots a on dark top of that watering shit. hole. You can't go into, you can't walk into a convenience store with fucking no, bright no, ass fluorescent no. lights on you. They're gonna. Every know. town needs a dive bar. You don't want to go to Chili's at two thirty in the afternoon. <laughs> reeking of fucking king cobras and now you're like i need a shot they're not going to serve you dive bar they don't ask questions then the whole place smells like fucking well piss. either so way either way either. you go to a convenience store you go to your chilies you go to some dive bar don't either way you do not do the next thing he decided to pick up his daughter Kristen, from fucking daycare yeah no that's no bad. matter where you go to drink do no not bueno. do this shit so he later claimed um he initially intended to take his daughter to his sister's house but then changed his mind mid-trip. I've changed my mind often while pissed drunk. Yeah. That's why you don't pick but up kids. But not mid-trip with your fucking kids no. or kid Which in your car. Which is a good reason not to go smashing King Cobras and OEs at fucking 1 o'clock right. in the afternoon. Right. After you leave a lunch break that your wife has paid for while she's on her lunch break from work and your unemployed ass is going back home. All right, so he leaves this dive bar. He dr- drives around for a few hours. Um, he ends up telling his daughter, Kristen, they were going to go look at Christmas lights, but instead bought more beer at another store in Mesa. So he's went from Phoenix to Mesa at this point. He then took Kristen to McDonald's for a hamburger. Right, so now while driving around, um, Kristen was getting tired. This is the daughter and was crying, asking for her mom. 
Uh, Sean Grell stated that he just couldn't stand the whining. And now, now we were cutting jokes, dreadheads. We we're always going to joke where we can because yeah. we talk about fucked up shit. Now we're getting into the fucked up shit Nitty of Sean Grell. Uh, at this point, he said he couldn't take it anymore, and he slapped her on the mouth. He stated after she stopped crying. This quote: After she stopped crying, a few minutes later, she said, "Sorry, Daddy." And that that tear that Fuck fucking that. pulls at my heartstrings. She she he took the silence. She internalized that silence and was like, I must have done something wrong. I'm sorry, Daddy. Like, how no. fucking much That's, of a piece that, of shit is this guy? No, it's fucked he up. He made no. his daughter feel guilty yeah. for her natural response of wanting her mom. Yeah, so now more more time passed, and uh, the daughter, Kristen, got upset again, saying she wanted to see her mom. Now, at this point, uh, Sean Grell drove to a Target, uh, a, or, uh, like a store, like it's like, yeah, a, it's like, it's like the high. Yeah. And yeah, their department was the one I was looking for. It's like higher than Walmart. Walmart. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and bought a three-gallon gasoline jug. Buckle up, dreadheads. This we, shows it's, intent. It's, yeah. This is intent. Uh, he filled the jug up at a nearby gas station and then drove around the desert near Apache Junction for about 45 minutes. At this point, his daughter Kristen uh, eventually fell asleep in the back seat. Uh, Sean Grell stated, quote, Kristen was already asleep, so I got out of the car, picked her up out of the car, and said... Kristen, mommy's here. Let's go lay down. Quote, so I laid her in the dirt next to the car. I took the gasoline and poured it on her. At that point, his daughter Kristen stood up and began to scream, quote, no, daddy, no. Grell said, quote, I took the match and threw it on her. His daughter Kristen ran roughly 12 feet around in the area, scrambled in circles, screaming in agony as the flames were all over. The heat was so intense, dreadheads, buckle in. We got two more of these. You know what you're in for. The heat was so intense that her plastic hair clip melted onto her head. After roughly 60 seconds, the toddler collapsed face down, her whole body on fire. When Sean Grell saw Kristen fall, he got back into his car and drove for a bit before he returned to the scene where he had set his daughter on fire. Once he returned, he saw that she was dead by then, and only the soles of her feet were not burned. Uh, fuck. Sean Grell then returned to uh, the, the same convenience store in Mesa where he'd been earlier and bought more beer. He told the cashier he just saw kids set a dog on fire in the desert. He told the cashier, quote, I can't believe that kids would set a dog on fire. Let's remember back to what he had done when he was younger, Dreadheads, and continuing the quote, this is what the world is coming to when kids set dogs on fire, end quote. And so, not to interject, but like his equation of a dog being set on fire to his toddler daughter being set on fire. That's how he made that equal. Yeah. uh, just going to push through this, Dreadheads. Let's just push through. He drove a little while longer, uh, still drinking, and was pulled over by a cop around midnight and was told he needed to walk home. So the cops even being generous at this point, being like, yeah. look, I'm not going to arrest you. Your car stays here. Walk the fuck home, dude. But he didn't take that. Yeah, once Luckily. the cop was gone, he got back in his car and kept driving around, and around 2 a.m., another cop pulled him over. Uh, he was then taken to a police station, taken into custody, where a breathalyzer showed his blood alcohol level at 
point one six. Is that high? I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I think point zero eight's the cutoff. I well, think. Yeah, at least South for our Carolina, state. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, for our that state. That varies by state. But again, per mm-hmm. South Carolina, and God damn it, if y'all either way, that's just high. Let's lighten it up a little bit and think about us hicks here in South Carolina. If we're telling you point oh eight's too drunk to drive, you're blowing double. You are fucked up at that point, even by South Carolina standards. Yes. Uh, he had a 30-minute interview with the police, was processed, and then released. After his release from the police station, he called the police and confessed to murdering his daughter, Kristen. The police went to the area where Sean described and found her body. He was uh, then arrested, arrested for her murder. Yeah, so this brings us actually to the aftermath. Now, fuck, man, like I, 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 I know, I know. The time's I actually, going. I had tears. More, I know. I had tears welling up because that hurts. We got two more hurts. to handle, but god damn it, dude! Like, I mean, none of. I knew these episodes were going to fucking suck. Yeah, I knew they were. We bring you guys the fucking dread, but god damn it, the first one out of the gate, you let them. Fuck. Just go ahead, Joe. Yeah, just go yeah. ahead. Just go no, ahead. Time, kinda... for to, time for me to pound some Kerr's light. <laughs> but no, it comes and then from once, the fact once that... Once we're done with him, we're going to pause this, take a little quick break, and I'm going to go hug all three of our kids real quick because exactly. I'm not a piece of fucking say, shit like exactly. this fucking Exactly. Like where it comes from, like where we well up, is like we have a 12-year-old, a 4-year-old, and almost a 9-month-old. And so when we think about that, we're like thinking about our own kids. Like we would... I mean, Fox is... Oh my gosh, he's a fucking handful, but neither one of us would ever He's feel an like- awful child, but I would never, <laughs> never. fucking do that shit. That's yeah. part of who he is, because I know eventually down the fucking line, he's gonna be an I'm going to talk to him as an adult. Like, you realize him. how yeah. much of an asshole kid <laughs> yes. you are? I'm so glad you turned out to be a good adult that I fucked. Even if he doesn't, even if he turns out to be a shitty adult who barely, you know what I'm saying? Unless he doesn't hurt other people. Just God damn it, Joe, go. I know, I know. Please, let's wrap this fucker up. Yes, okay. So Wrap it up for me. Do me a favor. (laughs) I will. So that brings us to the aftermath. So several months after his arrest, he actually signed a prisoner media waiver informing him that, uh, quote, statements made to reporters, news persons, and other members of the media may be used against you in court. So obviously, end quote. Um, Grill then actually held a news conference at which he admitted to killing his daughter. So he went and just put it out and there I'm I interject at this point because actually we have audio files for the next two we, re- we cover yeah, we could, we could not, not find, find any I wanted it fucking I, hell I wanted I it I do but sometimes I'm just like maybe the internet was right what yeah. a piece of shit because believe me the other two parents we talk about Blair and O'Neill they're pieces of shit too you can easily find plenty of audio from yeah. them. We we did the dreadful scour, which is not great. <laughs> no. We scraped the scab off of the wound that is in it, but we couldn't find any. And our researcher who helped us with this, Chris Owens, Cheeky Minx, she couldn't find any either. Thank so you, Chris. if anybody finds some, please provide a link in the comments below, no matter what format you're on, because I would love Again, I hate this fucking yeah, asshole. Yeah, I say not love. But I, yeah, I would, I would like love to, I would to love know. To hear, I would love to, to see some footage. Yeah. Especially given this point in the notes. Joe, back to you. I'm going to finish slamming these beers so we can move on. Yeah, yeah. So he sent a confession letter to the prosecutor of his case. And in September of 2000, Sean Grill was actually found guilty of first degree murder and sentenced to death. Fucking bueno, yes, Arizona. Yeah. So in 2006, the Supreme Court actually ordered a resentencing. Boo, Arizona. <laughs> The rulings of the U.S. Supreme Court that is unconstitutional to execute someone who is mentally handicapped. You know what? Which fucking I hot think take. is fucking bullshit. Fucking hot take. 
Boo. Yeah. If they're so mentally handicapped but that they, they are a detriment to normal people. But they somebody else. Yes, they need to be taken out because that means they don't know their consequences. The you one. can't rehabilitate them. You, They will come back out and they will do the same fucking thing over again because they I don't will, understand what they're doing supposedly revert, by the IQ test, which is a bullshit metric still yet. Which I'll revert back to my love of mice and men. Lenny. Killed someone. He was a gentle guy that loved the rabbits, but he killed someone. What happened? George fucking Took blew his brains out. out because, hey, this dude is a gigantic. He's really big in stature, but he's retarded and he's hurt somebody. He can't be here anymore. Get pissed all the Thank fuck you. you want to. Lock them up. Do whatever the fuck you want to. Pay for their stay. But if they're too fucking stupid and handicapped to know that they've taken an innocent human life. Fucking they can't understand that. They can't understand instance. the consequences. They can't understand death. They need to be taken. They but fuck even out. more so in this case, this motherfucker gave helped give birth. He created her. He changed her diapers. He quoted all this shit. I'm fucking sorry. I know a good bit of people who are technically on spectrums and per IQ points are quote unquote mentally retarded. You know what they do? They love the fuck out of everybody. They're most likely to be taken advantage of by other people. So when I find someone who's on a spectrum or quote unquote legally retarded that ha- that commits malice to me that's actually even more so against it's more egregious. humanity it's more than egregious. what normal humans are because you cannot re- rehabilitate that at yeah, that point but we, yeah absolutely. I'm going to stop talking again here we go there we go all right go. so the ruling of by the US, or, uh, the US Supreme Court said it was unconstitutional all that but because he had a judge presiding over his court case before in 2009 Grell was actually retried before a jury that ordered he died by legal lethal injection yay and in january of 2003 uh, 2013 the arizona supreme court once again amended his ruling under the condition that his low iq made him ineligible to be executed and that he was mentally handicapped and he was sentenced to life in prison whatever at least he's behind fucking bars let's get off this soapbox and let's go god damn it dreadheads i yes, honestly i did not get I any think, better y'all it gets I, honestly worse. joe i knew it was gonna fucking suck i yeah. did not think it was gonna suck this bad it's gonna make us anger the entire fucking episode Absolutely. we got kids yeah and even to y'all i mean even if you don't have kids you could be a frustrated man. parent y'all i we both have fucking been there yes, i have all never been so frustrated no. i could ever fucking kill my kids no and ever. some of you could argue that that we're clearly mentally retarded because we host this show (laughs) and we've never thought of doing something like this to anybody so you know what let's move on to ronnie o'neill check out this third yes check out this clip dreadheads prosecutors say o'neill shot his girlfriend kenyatta barron while their daughter watched he then returned to his home and turned on his nine-year-old special needs daughter killing her with a hatchet his son now 11 testified as a key witness after police said he was in the home when his father attacked him his mother and sister and then set the home on fire the evidence is going to show i love my children and the evidence is going to prove to you Before it's all said and done. What you're about to hear is part of 
little Ronnie's testimony. He's 11 years old now, followed by some of the cross-examination that he experienced uh, with his father, who, as you said, is representing himself. This was the first time that they have seen each other and spoken to each other since that uh, the attack uh, on March 2018. State, you ready to proceed? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I just saw my dad holding a shotgun and my mom, like... And mom screaming at him. And your father had a shotgun. What happened next? What did he do? My, my mom ran to my sister's room. My mom ran to my sister's room and terrified into the closet. And then my dad said, come here and come kill this uh, beaver. Did you hear any shots from the shotgun before that? Yes. How many times? One. Was there a time when your mother was able to get out of the closet? She was like stumbling outside, and then I just saw my dad chase her. What do you remember happening next? My dad told me to walk around and say like some words. And do you remember what words your father told you to say? Allahu uh, Akbar. Yes. Did he do something to your sister? Yes, he uh, hit her with an axe. And then he went in the garage, I followed him. He put, like, he put me on the ground, and then he, like, had his foot on top. I was laying my stomach, he had his foot on top of me, and he was holding me down, and he was, like, lighting a match. Mr. O'Neill, any questions? How you doing, Ron? Good. Good to see you, man. Good to see you, too. Did you see me shoot your mom? No. Did I hurt you that night of this incident? Yes. I did. And how did I hurt you? You stabbed me. So real quick before we push on into Ronnie O'Neill III, the piece of shit that he is, I do want to give a shout out to a real OG Dreadhead, and that is Richie Estrada. So back in the day, Dreadheads, before we had a Patreon or any of that stuff, we were just doing PayPal donations. Mm -hmm. And Richie had done the top one and wanted to have his own uh, Spread the Dread STD episode, and he suggested Ronnie O'Neill. Now, and we're over there like trying to figure out like what's where's the best place to put it, right? In our like a fucking like, hey, gigantic was, fucking list, yeah, but it was more of an instance, yeah, versus somebody that had a lot of backstory and shit like that. And we don't like to do a lot of filler and stuff like that. So I told Richie, I was like, hey, I was like, I don't think we could do a full episode on this guy, but we're looking to start a new series. This was mm -hmm. getting towards the end of Tortures and Executions. I was like, what if we included Ronnie on one we've been kind of thinking about, which is Worst Parents Ever? He said, Groovy, that was weeks and weeks ago. Yeah. Like, at Might least, be months and months at ago. At least somewhere between boy. three to six months ago. Yes. And Richie's a badass. So I just wanted to shout him out because technically he was kind of the... Thank the you, thing. Ricky. Yeah, Richie. Oh, I thought it was Ricky. Richie Estrada. I'm sorry, yes. Richie. He was sorry. kind of the catalyst for why... We decided to go ahead and pursue this series because he brought us Ronnie O'Neill and he was crazy, as you could just tell from that fucking clip where yeah. he represented himself, cross-examined his own fucking kid, yeah. and all that stuff. So I did want to do a quick shout-out to Richie for that. Joe, 
Take us into a little bit more about Ronnie O'Neill III. Yeah, so this son of a bitch was uh, born uh, July 27th, 1988 into a supposedly Christian household. And um, again, you guys know we're not very, we're not religious or anything no. like that. So, though, but, but the Christian thing. put us as like ex- uh, agnostic. We're agnostic. Yeah. We're agnostic. We, as long as you're being peaceful about it, if we don't If religion makes you a better on. person, great. If it doesn't, you're terrible. Right. But, but with this one, you heard in. And the, the 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 audio Open, clip we just played, how opening statement, he made his, he made his, but he, but he made his son say Allahu Akbar. <sighs> We're not knocking Muslims with that, but that that leads further why we wanted to point out that he was raised in a Christian household. Yeah. Joe, go ahead. Yeah, so um, he didn't know his biological father as a kid, but he learned of it um, like as he became an adult. So we're not really sure if like his mother withheld that information or she didn't know. But either way, he actually grew up with his stepfather Billy Smith and a brother named Alonzo Kelly. Now Ronnie experienced childhood trauma when he was young. Um, at five years old he was sexually abused by an extended uh, relative and this is by warning, his own recounts. Yeah. Now but this yeah, by is his about, own recounts, yeah. But- so it's unknown if his his family actually even knew or was aware of what actually what happened to him but um, he never received treatment with which, if that was the case, would have actually further traumatized him for, you know, the majority or the rest of his life. So he grew up in a somewhat stable home. Like we said, he was a Christian and he even sang in the church choir, which kind of throws red flags because if you felt like uh, his mindset at this point in time is like if he felt like your Christian upbringing was the reason why you never felt justice, why would you sing for your church choir? I mean, but at the same time, I mean, I I, grew I didn't up, grow I, up in that 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 dynamic, so I don't know. No, but I mean, anyone who's religious, and I don't mean this in a negative way, honestly, even though it's not my cup of tea, and and I and I grew up religious, I can see the solace in it. You know, we've talked about it before, where. It's real easy to be an atheist or an agnostic if you didn't grow up in a religious household. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, especially if you were in, I mean, obviously, I don't know. I, and I'm speaking as a, as a former Southern Baptist. Uh, we had the hoopla, the running the aisles, the singing, shouting, and stuff like that. You get into that environment, and I think it's something that can be said about the fact that you have, you have dozens or maybe hundreds of human beings that are all putting their energy, their vibration into the same, same thing. vibrational plane. So you yeah. do feel something. I, again, I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody. I'm just yeah. trying to give you my out from someone who's been in and is out yada, yada, and trying to be fair to both sides. But I think if you are raised kind of anti-religious, it's very easy to knock those who are. Yeah. Um, and, and to sit there and think that, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm not going to delve too deep into it. But I, I get the point you're coming from. Okay. But there's also solace to be found. If you're, if you're, and I can only speak from a Christian perspective because I was raised Christian. So I'm not going to speak for Muslims, Jews, Hindus, uh, all the others. Uh, you kind of have a thing where anything bad that happens is from Satan. Mm-hmm. And. You know, and again, I'm not going to get into all so that. What happens so, to God's will in that? I'm not going to get into all that Sorry. because we could, no, no, it's not a negative <laughs> thing. But we could we could honestly spend an entire episode yeah. on that, and that's not the point here. That's the truth. But if you're brought up into that belief system, 
it's really easy to turn further into your faith when you believe that the uh, the antagonist Oppo- force, force of yeah. your faith is responsible for your suffering. Okay. So I, I get it on that sense. I've been there. I've done it. Again, I'm not knocking anyone who's there. I really don't. because We aren't. And I'm sorry PC, for picking that scab. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm, I, it's not a scab or anything like that. I have my own thing. Yeah. And again, I mean, you, you think about the fucking dreadheads we talk about. We have a reverend <laughs> who loves the dread. You know what I'm saying? We have people of all walks of life. And that's the whole thing. The dread is for everybody. And in our effort to be very non-PC, very NSFW, we've collected a large group of people that are all from all walks and, and shapes and formats of life. And I, and I enjoy that because I think that the truth is somewhere in the middle where it's great, where we're all a little bit right and we're all a little bit wrong. And I think we all focus on what makes us different Instead of what makes us similar. And that's the whole problem with modern society. No matter what country you're into, everybody wants us to focus on why we're different. That doesn't matter. If we sit down and take out our differences, we're probably the same on 80 to 90%. And for everybody who's listening to this podcast, we all like to have some black humor. And and laugh about some shit that's fucked up. Get a little bit of, you know, uh, true crime uh, history without mm-hmm. going through the boring rigmarole of A&E or all these other hundreds of other podcasts out there that are trying to fucking, I don't know, get fucking, you know, signed up by serious yeah, and shit like that. Yeah, they're trying to be way too serious about it. We, we, we're punk rock. We do our own fucking thing. And we've got our own audience. And you know what? If you're Christian, if you're whatever the fuck you are, if at the end of the day you love yourself some fucking dread, we should focus on that. Let's quit focusing on what divides us and stuff like that. But all right, touche. But, but, but yes. you don't have the religious background. No, so I don't. So this. sometimes I'd like ask it on no, like a, a, and, and, a dime. And, no, and to yeah. me, whether you're still in religion or out of it, you should always be willing to share your perspective. Mm-hmm. And but but a lot of people are afraid to do that for fear of of reprisal. And I know you're not going to judge me, and neither are the dreadheads. Uh, so that's why I say like it's very easy. And I'm talking again, Christianity, that's the same way Ronnie O'Neill was raised. It's very easy when you're brought to believe that the shit that's bad that happens to you is because of Satan. Because of that opposing force. That you turn closer to to the one who's not responsible. No matter how you view what I just said, if you're in the faith, even if you still practice it or you are from it, you know what I'm saying makes sense. And I'm going to leave it at that. And I fucking love all of you. And I fucking hate all of you at the exact same <laughs> fucking time. We love our rev of dread, too, out there, too. Yes, so, Joe, sir. get back to Ronnie O'Neill. Something we can all agree on is a piece of shit human being. Yes. And let's focus on our agreements, which is that parents. Ronnie O'Neill third fucking sucks. Go, yes, Joe. Yes. So he went on to attend East Behind, Florida, where he played football. He also participated in the Reserve Officer Training Corps. He graduated and tried joining the Marine Corps, but failed the entrance exam because... Whoa. Yeah, what? what? Oh, yeah. Your <laughs> you didn't jiggle your mouse. No, enough. I didn't. Yeah, but he I was up, on he a run. Up, yeah, he ended up failing the entrance exam several times. And both what's of my interesting. brothers... So what's interesting, like from what I understood from the Marine Corps, is like it's like actually almost like it's four It's core, parts. not corpse. Corpse, sorry. Core, core. So it's like... Part intelligence, it's a part of um, quick-witted uh, self-awareness. So the Marines were like, look, you've got the killer instinct. 
We can feel that. Yeah. But you are pretty can dumb you make when choices it comes to on dime? Can you make choices on your own? And can you take somebody else's choices when you create your actions? So that's essentially the Marine Corps. Right. And and, and because but this, he all, failed it, this all failed spectacularly. Yeah, this all fell out for him. And he ended up, uh, he was into music and began writing songs, performed in a hip-hop duo. In 2007, Ronnie O'Neill III met his girlfriend, Kenyatta Barron. And they lived in Riverview, Hillsborough County. Florida. Now, in 2009, Dreadheads, they had their first child. She was diagnosed with cerebral palsy and autism and couldn't speak. Uh, so, was, uh, I was going to explain go ahead. That. You go ahead. You're our medical person here, so go right ahead. <laughs> so, cerebral palsy actually has no detriment to intelligence at no, all. No, it's physical, correct? Yeah, it's all physical. It, there's like a, there's a comedian. I can forget his last name. I know his first name's Josh. But he has, I know a, he has, a, he has about. cerebral palsy. Yeah, so and it's very funny. But yeah, his his body's kind of all over the place while he does it. Yeah, yeah. Some so, are even in wheelchairs, but he's not. At no, least no. he wasn't last time I saw his stuff. Yeah, yeah I, so is it there's a like degenerative a, disease. It gets worse. Yeah, so okay, it can enough. be. So um, so the physical ramifications of cerebral palsy, you can end up in a wheelchair or you can end up with the jitters. But on top of this, she was actually autistic and couldn't speak. So there's like a different level to her disability, and I wanted to highlight that because it actually put her into a wheel uh, made her wheelchair bound and um she ended up having to kind of like use sign language and like message boards to actually communicate to to those around her right and in 2011 two years later the couple gave birth to their second child ronnie o'neill the fourth now that is the child you heard in the audio clip yeah. prior at the court case, we're, we're going to leave it at that for now. But that Mad respect him. for you, little guy. Absolutely. I don't know how Lulee. little you are at this point because I can't do math on the hip, but, like, dude, you're, you're a fucking baller how for old doing he what is you now? did. Yeah. Uh, he's in his early 20s. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He was born in 2000. Wait, no, sorry. He was born in 2011. It's now 2023, so he's like 12 or 13. Oh, wow. Jesus Christ. Even more fucking props yes, to you, dude. And if dude. you're listening to this, please don't. Don't relive this fucking <laughs> yeah. shit. You're a badass. But just know you have a bunch through. of people out here that have read your story even, and know you are a fucking badass kid. Absolutely. Even the sick fucks out here are still on your side. Now, also around this time, and again, I'm not fucking plying this. I don't give a fuck. It was if you're just a dreadhead, in the highlight notes. Abso-fucking-lutely. And now around this time, Ronnie O'Neill third. Uh, actually converted to Islam. Joe, take us up to March 18th of 2018. Yes. So the Hillsbury County Sheriff's Office got a 911 call from Kenyatta. Uh, his That's Ronnie the Third's wife. Yes, um, Ronnie can actually be heard in the back screaming "Alu Akbar" and Kiana. And this is one out of all three because I know the first one was Sean Grell. Yeah, we couldn't find any audio. Yeah, uh, the one coming up. Um, oh my God, let me scroll ahead into my Michelle notes. Blair. Michelle Blair, yep. you can find plenty of stuff. You can find tons on her. We could have done a whole episode where we just spliced audio files of Ronnie. Uh, O'Neill the third and it would have been almost an hour podcast yeah. right then and there so we I mean so feel free it's on YouTube and stuff but we like don't that. want to glorify him no but it, well unlike well it's not necessarily it, it, I think our audience is smart enough we're not here to glorify anybody everybody knows we're nobody here glorifies these fuckers we're no. just interested yeah uh, and stuff like that but it's out there unlike something like Ricardo Lopez where we had trouble even finding it because it was a little bit older so feel free dreadheads if you're listening to this 
Go check it out because God knows the fucking internet, the way it's going, Ronnie O'Neill, give it another five to ten years, you ain't going to find this shit. Yeah. You really aren't. This is only there because it's kind of newer. But, uh, but yeah, Joe, go ahead. All right. So, uh, Kenyatta, also known as Kiki, um, she's pleading and screaming. She's, like, quote, uh, quoted on the audio tapes, I'm so sorry, Ronnie, repeatedly. Now, Ronnie can this also... while she's on the phone with 911. Yes, while everybody. she's on the phone, yeah. So, Ronnie can also be heard in the background saying, she killed me, quote, unquote, and, quote, don't come inside, call 911 now, end quote. Now, O'Neill had shot Kenyatta in her arm, and she was actually high in her closet of her kids or her uh the kids bedroom closet uh when he screamed for his son to yeah, Ronnie quote the fourth. yeah well, Ronnie you the fourth. just heard in that and you yes. heard part of this in that audio file go ahead Joe. yeah and she, he says quote get in here and shoot this bitch end quote yeah trying to get his own son to kill his it's own ha- mother yes yes Dre yes Hanks. so uh kiki kenyatta ran out into the front yard ronnie chasing her where a neighbor actually witnessed him hamming her three times with a shotgun so like kind of pistol whipping or like i guess like what yeah, hit, butt probably, yeah maybe with the butt or swinging it it's a shotgun you could almost use that as a bat yeah but yeah physically Assaulting her first her with the shot before fucking shooting her, fatally shooting her. Yes. Um, he then actually went back inside the house and then hacked his nine year old uh, autistic nonverbal daughter apart with a fucking hatchet, killing her. <sighs> like that one fucking hurt. Yeah. That that, that hurt. Uh, I I'm already already fucking no, tearing you're good. up. I'll, like, I'll it take it over real quick. But yeah. But no, because I mean. People don't want us to show emotions. We're the black hearts of fucking true crime, and but I, but I get it. 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 We feeds have into kids. Us. Well, no, it feeds into us even before we even had our last two kids. Like we were wanting to actually do foster care. Yeah, we had a big gap because our oldest cub he turns thirteen this year. Yeah, our middle one, our second one, Cut Fox, just, just turned, turned four. four. And during that span, we had a couple of miscarriages. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a partial hysterectomy when you yeah, were in when your I was a teens. Teen. So yeah. we, you know, so her getting pregnant was kind of few and far between. I know a lot of people in the Discord like to joke about the fact that we have three kids and <laughs> call us Mormons, even though we're clearly not. I don't even had own, we had intact. I don't even own. A, I don't even own. We'd a white, had a lot more. I don't even own a white button-up shirt, dreadheads. I don't know what I would do if I was a Mormon. I'm so out. Of class. I don't have magic underwear. All of my underwear are there. They're for utility purposes. <laughs> and and they're they're multicolored, uh, but yeah, no, we had talked about adopting when it didn't seem like that, and I honestly it's, it's, adopt, but we wanted yeah, special but, but, needs, yeah, kids. because I've always, I mean. I know I'm a fuckhead on this, and and anybody who knows John us, is such guys, a fucking soft-hearted individual. I'm <laughs> That's why dude, I fell I, in love with him. I really am. Like <laughs> I'll I'll fucking laugh during these shows, and then I'll cry at Disney's Dumbo. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. So, but but no, I had always had a soft spot for like special needs kids and stuff, and when. You know, when we were talking about it, I was like, well, let's go for those because we didn't want a baby. We, we It wasn't replacing no. a baby. We just wanted more kids. And so I told Joe, I was like, well, what's the ones nobody those ones wants? lost in the system? And yeah. we were like, okay, older kids, teenagers, and as well but we special agree, needs. We wanted someone younger than our son. Yes. So that's where those fell out. So it wasn't like that. Because he, yeah, he, was, he always needs. had a, like, you know, big brother energy oh, yeah. to him. He always loved other kids around yes. him and stuff. And Cub's yeah. still that way. He's a great big brother to this day. Um, but but yeah, so that was kind of the thing. So yeah, man, I just I'm really no matter how harsh my mouth is and things of that nature, 
I have, if you want to fuck with kids or in, in particular special needs oh, kids, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to use the word retarded because I'm a free fucking citizen of this fucking world. I'll say whatever the fuck I want to go fuck yourself. You have a problem with it. But if you want to look at someone with a mental disability and call them a retard, I will stomp the fucking dog shit out yeah. of you. And and that yeah, this fucking hurts. And it feels in, yeah, but say it feels into the whole reason why we were about to go that so route, and that's why this so pure, this section and they're hurts. So easily led astray yeah. and victimized. To me, if you're victimizing someone that's mentally handicapped, you are a massive piece of fucking shit, and that applies to Ronnie O'Neill the third. Yeah, so O'Neill had actually, like we said, shot Kenyatta in the arm, the kiki, and she was hiding in her claw, the kid's closet when he screamed for his son to kind of like partake in the crime. Takes her out to the yard, he shoots her, then goes back inside, hatches up his nine-year-old autistic daughter, then he stabbed his eight-year-old son, Ronnie the Fourth, who you heard on that audio, leaving him for dead. Uh, He soon lit Ronnie the Fourth on fire along with his own house. Yeah. Now, at this point, Dreadheads, a second 911 call came in with Ronnie claiming to have been attacked. But now, this is Ronnie the Third. This mm-hmm. is the adult, the guy with the piece of shit. The dad. About, claiming he'd been attacked by, quote, white demons and accusing Kenyatta. He called her Kiki in the call. If you find the call online, it's readily available. This is Kenyatta. Uh, of trying to kill him and that he, quote, just killed her. Then he gave the dispatcher on the 911 call the address to his house. Now, deputies arrived to find Kenyatta dead in the front yard of the home. Uh, little Ronnie, Ronnie the Fourth, had stumbled out of the house alive. Thank goodness. This fucking warrior. Ronnie the Third, uh, the father, resisted arrest and had to be tased before taken into custody. He claimed that Kenyatta attacked their two children and that he piece killed her in shit. self-defense. Yeah. So what a piece of fucking shit. So yeah. uh, that brings us actually to the court and like all the charges and all that mess. Now O'Neill chose to represent himself, like oh, you that's heard. Really smart. Yeah, and um, he actually had the ability to cross-examine his own son, yes, which you heard. heard. Yes, that's yeah. part of what you heard was Ronnie the Third cross-examining Ronnie the, the fourth, fourth, his own son that he had stabbed and tried to old, set on fire old in boy. court. While he's pleading his own yeah. innocence. Yeah, what so, a fucking douche nozzle. So yeah, that 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 strong ass trial, he was eleven year old eleven years old during that clip. He was cross examined uh, examined via closed circuit television with his golden retriever therapy dog and his newly adopted family by his side holding him up. So when asked by his father, Did I hurt you that night of this incident? How did I hurt you? Little Ronnie replied, You stabbed me. Yeah. Like that's that's fucking balls of shit yep. like he's like fuck you yeah way um, more of a man than his father ever was yes so um the father had one of the most outlandish opening statements like you just heard yep. antics and like yelling out and the courtroom drama uh, for his closing statements was just as fucking deplorable yeah at times he was screaming his head off yeah. and being really animated the judge did have to keep stating for the record that he talking about ronnie the third the father was competent in his questions 
probably to cover the judge's ass during an appeals process, which was definitely going to happen because he was yeah, clearly especially trying to somebody act that fucking, fucking animated. Yeah, like right. I'll uh, you know everybody's yeah. at fucking fault. I'm not at fault. Yeah, Fuck everybody yeah, else. Clearly, Fuck anybody you. who came in for his defense after this was going to bring that up. Yeah. Now after a three week trial, the jury deliberated for just a little over three hours before finding. Ooh, that was a beer burp. <laughs> I'm going to clear that one out. It's going to be a long episode, Dreadheads. I, I kind of want to cut off the last segment, but I'm not going to do it because I know you guys are like, oh, no, keep it going. And we already promised it, so buckle in. It we already made the fucking artwork. It's it three. Be, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the artwork's already been made, and so have the notes. It's going to be at least a 90-minute episode, so buckle in. Um, yeah, so after three weeks of trial, the jury deliberated for a touch over three hours before finding him, Ronnie the Third, the dad, guilty but deciding against the death sentence, the <sighs> aggravating circumstances in the case did not outweigh the mitigating circumstances. This is what the jury found. Instead, he received three life sentences plus 60 years. He's going to rot in fucking I prison. hate, I hate fucking law vernacular because I want to say, okay, so he killed two innocent people. Why, why shouldn't he just fucking die? To me, he killed three. Even though his son survived, he did everything, honestly, he could have to kill Ronnie yeah. IV. Yeah, oh yeah. So I get that. Maybe that's why they gave him the three life sentences, whatever. Uh, Ronnie Third was convicted of two counts of first-degree murder, one count of attempted first-degree murder, two counts of aggravated child abuse, one count of arson, and one count of resisting law enforcement. As the, as the lawyer spoke... O'Neill doodled on note paper. He flashed handwritten signs towards the news camera and courtroom spectators, and this is in the actual episode art. Yeah. One read in quotes, love you, the letter U. Another read in quote, only no sin can cast first stone. Ronnie O'Neill is now serving out three consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole at the Blackwater River Correctional Facility in Milton, Santa Rosa County, Florida. So the silver lining in all of this is that... Yes, and there is one. And we almost... I wanted to cut it for time, but you're right, because a lot of these don't have any kind of happy ending. And, and let's I talk want this... Ha- yeah, we, want, we both you. wanted this, hi- uh, this happy you. ending well, I think actually all the highlighted. needed to. Yeah, yeah. So um, Detective Michael Blair, who had actually shown up on the scene but hadn't met little Ronnie, was there to secure a search warrant and actually transport an in paint, a uniform to a fellow detective. So completely say, unrelated. We, Joe likes to say little Ronnie. When we do that, that's Ronnie the Fourth. Yeah. Ronnie O'Neill the Third was the fucking vagabond piece of shit dad ronnie o'neill the fourth was the kid who had the courage to testify against his dad as you heard in the audio recording prior go ahead joe yeah yeah so um blair actually went in to visit little ronnie in the hospital this is detective mike blair right yeah okay, yeah blair, yeah sorry I just make sure i was <clears throat> so i've been uh, drinking joe it's fine <laughs> so um little ronnie was actually in serious condition and at one point they didn't even think he was going to make it yeah he was stabbed and we set on fire yeah yeah he had a lot to Fucking overcome badass is what the fuck he is again way more of a man than his, his father, father ever will was ever or will be, be. Ronnie yes. O'Neill the third you fucking ass piece of shit if you get a fucking cell phone in prison that one of the inmates who decides to fucking cornhole your ass nightly decides to give you a present of a cell phone I hope you hear this shit you fucking dick yes so Detective Blair actually got up to leave you know after he's visiting and little Ronnie ends up reaching out for his hand and asked him if he would actually watch a movie with him and I guess maybe a little bit later uh, Detective Blair and his wife ended up watching the Transformers movie with him 
Great them. story, terrible movie. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and put that out there. Ronnie, Ronnie <laughs> and terrible. was a kid. I get all that. And no knock to my Transformer lovers, <laughs> but as someone, fuck that movie. Now, if he's watching the animated, like, 1980s Transformer movie, shout out to my big bro and real life co-host, Jay of Triple FMK. He's down with that shit. It's a um, sweet story, though. <laughs> yes, it is. So, uh, fast forward a little bit. Um, yeah, Little Ronnie's actually medically cleared. Um, he ended up in the foster system and actually had gone through like two different homes and several months later the liaison like the case manager for his case actually reached out to detective blair and asked if they would be interested in just fostering him that's awesome that's good that she knew that he had that connection and was like hey not trying to be a dickhead but He's he's bouncing. He needs another home. He needs he needs, he a, needs stability. An home, not yes. a place to sleep. Well, what's great is like Detective Blair didn't even fucking pause. He didn't he didn't even think about anything. He even answered yes without checking with his wife, knowing what her answer would be. And all of us wife having dreadheads out there, you know, male, female, either or, either nor. That's not to smart. make a response ask, for both is ask, a hell of a load. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he knew, and a year and a half later after this conversation happened they officially adopted little ronnie who is now ronnie blair now he resides in florida that's with great the- that with the adoption he no longer has to carry that stigma of the last name yes and Thank that's, you. that's great because yes. none of us are guilty. That is the beauty of fostering to a doc. Actually, and none of us, no matter what you're dealing with out there, none of us are guilty of our father or mother's crimes. Nope. We are not them. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that's a great... I, that, and that, again, when you explained all this stuff during the cut, I was like, yeah, you're right. Let's fucking record <laughs> it. Time be damned. Go ahead, Joe. Finish <laughs> it up. So um, Little Ronnie resides in Florida with the detective, um, uh, Detective Blair, his wife, and five other siblings and their dogs. Um, he wants to be an actor uh, now that he's actually kind of grown up and has done wonderfully through a lot of love and therapy. So we've actually talked yeah. about that on previous episodes. Like mental illness is a thing. Mental health is a yes. thing. And he's gone through the therapy. He's done the work because he's been through a horribly traumatic never, event. And he now he's a better person yeah. for it. And no matter your age, therapy. never be afraid to get help. Yes. We've talked, I've talked about this in the Discord and on other stuff. And, Absolutely. And, and in other episodes, I deal with mental health issues. There is no stigma around mental health. Because at the end of the day... All of us have mental health issues, especially if you're from like a first world country. Most of our dreadheads are U.S., Canadian, U.K., Australia. Australian, yeah. Most of us don't fucking hurt for food. We don't have these fucking basic things that yeah, we deal with. Yeah, I was going to say. And I, and, and I had this conversation with Bill O'Burst Jr., one of the greatest Talking Dread episodes yes. I've, I've done. And you guys, if you haven't listened, go do it. Where sometimes I think as a part of the human condition, if we don't have certain problems... We create them for ourselves. It's a whole other thing. Mental health is real. It's you, there are far most of the people around you deal with mental health issues, whether they want to admit it or not. And I'm getting off my soapbox, but uh, no matter what you think, because you know me, Joe, you've got a BA in psychology. You're a nurse, and BS, I fought motherfucker, BS. I bachelor's in science. <laughs> I, I fought tooth and nail with my with my mental health, and you've been mm-hmm. there uh, for almost twenty years with my shit, mm-hmm. and and letting me 
and, and we dealt with mine. Yeah, but 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 mine's yeah. way worse. To be fair, no, no, it's not a pissing contest. <laughs> I deal with mine worse. Let's say that I there deal with mine worse than yours. I'm not diminishing yours, yeah. but I I don't deal with mine as well as what you do. Uh, and you've always been very rapidly to be like John. I know you want it. You're wanting to prove something to yourself, but it's got past that. You need some help. Get fucking help. There's yes, no fucking please. fear in it. No matter if you're a young, there's no shame teen, in it. No, no, especially now. It's 2023, dreadhead. Actually, you know, introspectively, do you want to hurt somebody else? Do you want to cause the same kind of pain on somebody else that you have experienced? Yeah. If that is a no. Get fucking help because you will not. Do, you will not. Uh, meet that goal without getting somebody else no, to kind of get involved. And I think the downside to a more connected society with social media now is that we see if anyone out there, and again, it's most of y'all, whether y'all know it or not, I'm not, I'm not trying to project. And, and, and when I say mental health issues, that doesn't mean you're near suicide or shit like that, but just a little bit of depression. You're battling something. A little bit of anxiety, things like that. That's still and a mental health And you feel isolated, issue. yes. Yeah. But we see so many people who want to capitalize on it and make it all about them. They'll run a TikTok all about their their mental health. Real people with, mil, with real mental health, you, you know who has it? The person you suspect the least. They have it the most. People with real mental health do not advertise it easily. I'm only now, and I mean, God damn it, we've been together almost 20 years, and you know I've suffered from it since the jump. Yeah. I had it before we got together, yeah. and you helped me it's to work through it. It's only taken the last few years yeah. for you to get to the point where like, hey, I, I need to share this. Exactly. Yeah, because you have to share exactly. it if you want to help others, because exactly. you've gotten help if yourself. If anybody's out there wanting, to, wanting a pity party for their mental health, they're not being genuine or scapegoat their yes. their reactions yeah. or their their their, their yeah. attributes. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And, and and off the sub and off the soapbox, but I just want to throw that out there because we do a lot of dread. But we're in this dread together, motherfuckers. Joe, close with the 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 last yes. quote we have from Ronnie the Fourth, which dreadheads all of us should take some solace in hearing. And this. it's gonna make me choke up. But he is quoted at saying, "I am safe and I am loved." Absolutely. And let's let Joe wipe the tears away because <laughs> Dreadheads, we're over an hour into this Sorry, fucking episode. And we don't like to go this long because we want to keep you fuckers hungry for more. But we still have one of the worst parents ever to cover. So check out this audio clip from our last topic, Michelle Blair. Why did you take the decision to pile the bodies on top of each other in a freezer? What do you mean? Why did you do that? Well, I only had one deep freezer. I mean, take the decision to pile the bodies on top of each other. Where was she gonna go? How did you conceivably sleep at night? I slept well. Of course, at first I cried. It was up because I had to let go of all of that. I'm doing my best, Michelle, to listen to what you're saying. However, I, I need to know that you also accept that you had a number of other options open to you other than the extreme violence with which you decided to act. What do you mean, accept it? You had a number of other options. There were no other options. I, I'm not playing crazy. I wasn't in depression. None of that. It's no excuse for rape, period. According to police reports, you ordered your eldest daughter uh, to, to, to physically lift the body of, of, of one of your children. No, I didn't tell her to lift the body. Can you imagine? You're talking about we're no, talking, you want to talk about your surviving body. children, though, Michelle. Uh, 
you didn't ever consider turning yourself in? If my son told me that he did not want me to go after what happened, what statement? After I killed Sonya, you really think I was about to turn myself in because of her? Hell no. 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 And you feel no remorse for that? I would kill him again. So the audio clip you just heard was from Michelle Blair. Yep. Uh, I, hate, yeah. <laughs> I hate starting off a section this way, but anyways, she was born. As you said, this is best is to go <laughs> into just go her. Into just go it. ahead and start it. Yeah, so she was born May 10th, 1979. Um, little is actually known or even substantiated about Michelle's upbringing. Right. But she claimed that her mother would leave her and her brother with whoever could actually watch them. So whoever is available, let's cover, you know, somebody needs to babysit. I'm going to hit up a neighbor, whatever. Yeah, and you heard that voice clip from her. So clearly uh, Michelle Blair is someone to, 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 to you know, to take seriously when she speaks obviously Uh, okay i'm split i'm just gonna say that i'm kind of split so either way well let's get into the point where we get the split let's get all the the details out so she stated she was like maybe around like five or six years old when she was actually sexually abused by a woman caregiver a neighbor we have no idea but um, her anger towards her mother was evident in that particular interview where she goes off about her mom acting like, you know, all big, bad, rough. But when she came to, you know, to her mother to tell her about the abuse, that was her response. Her mother basically said, it's over and done with. What the fuck do you want me to do about it? And that's, and that's a direct quote from Michelle Blair quoting her mother. Exactly. That was ex- that was an exact quote. Yeah. Not it, in that audio clip. And but I'm you just going to say, it. I'm just going to say, if you went through that kind of childhood trauma and the person is supposed to love and care about you, if that was a response, like... There's going to be a lot of fucking dysfunction, not to curtail or excuse what she does no. eventually, but just to say her anger. I get that. Yeah, you control your actions, but I mean, this could have been Michelle's Blair's uh, mistrust of people closest to her uh, that she thought she could count on. And this could be evident by the fact that, you know, she had a chest tattoo that says trust no one. Yeah, so eventually she gets around to um, actually she ended up having four children. Um, youngest to oldest, we're going to describe as uh, Matthew and Stefan. They have actually the same father. And then Stoney and Gabby. So two boys, two girls, but neither of their fathers were actually present in their lives. Right. Now, the father of Stoney and Gabby, uh, Gabby originally was with Michelle for a uh, first few years. And I say Michelle, Michelle, whatever. Yeah, it's pronounced Michelle, but it's M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-E. And y'all so know Michelle. my pronunciation with English words. I want to pronounce every fucking letter, so it could be Michelle. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so... Like it was said, um, Matthew and Steph- uh, Stefan had the same father. Stoney and Gabby had the same father, but neither dads were present. And the father of Stoney and Gabby originally was with Michelle for the first few years. Now, she focused, uh, we're talking about Michelle, she focused most of her abuse on the father. but The when, father of Stoney and Gabby that hung around for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but when he left, Gabby says her and her siblings actually became the focus of her abuse because 
the, they were the brunt force in this in this altercation. So all the kids experienced physical and emotional abuse from mom, including beatings with belt buckles, extensive co- extension cords, choking, and burning with hot irons. Ooh. Yeah. So Gabby says seventy five percent of her back was burn scars from hot irons. Fucking hell. Yeah, and so when I say hot irons, like so I'm thinking of like um could be curling iron could be a press iron for clothes. You well, know, because I grew up in kind of in that community uh, that community is that you like a lot of the flat irons back in the di- uh, back in the day were actually you would set iron on top of clothes a stove. with, right? No, they were actually set on But uh, but you're talking about the kind you would iron clothes with. I know no, we no, have no. electric ones now. Yeah, electric ones now, but like back in the day, I always remember like this like weird looking contraption that actually was set on a uh, set on top of a stove that actually had two plates with it, kind of similar to a flat iron now, but that that's what used to be used on so like my like ex's like hair. That's like oh, how my mom got did you. it. Yeah, okay. yeah. So okay. I don't I don't know exactly how uh, how it's yeah. described. Yeah, Michelle Blair also withheld food and would make the other siblings stay in the room to listen. While she would beat the other siblings. Uh, In interviews, Michelle seems like basically surprised by the events ending up the way they did when she considers that her biggest drive in life was to keep her kids safe and not to have them experience the same trauma and abuse that she did. Now, she took them out of school. Uh, a couple of years before the murders and told people she was homeschooling them. Uh, when the two children weren't seen at all, she would tell people that their aunt was looking after them. And again, that would be the same thing for the other two kids. She had four total. But again, we're talking at this point about Stony and Gabby. Uh, sometimes Michelle would say they didn't like to be around other people as well. Yeah, so this isolation it, it actually kind of leads into the murders. This is the reason why she was able to get away with it. So Michelle's old, or Michelle's oldest uh, daughter, Gabby, at this point in time was 15. She actually told of the first incident leading up to the murder of her younger brother, Stephen, or Stephen, in July of 2012. Um, Michelle was uh, had actually came home and found the youngest son, Matthew, who was six years old at the time, playing with two of his wrestling figures, but but actually kind of putting him in, uh, I guess you could say, like sexual positions, and this fuck pissed her off. It completely infuriated Which, her. Which to be fair, if you ever watched wrestling, there's some. I mean, again, all of wrestling or Benign sorry, modern wrestling as we talk. <laughs> about, but no, modern wrestling as we talk about. If you're you're watching WWE, AEW, Impact, you know I love me some wrestling, Joe. But it all, wrestling. it all, it all. Yeah, I love me some wrestling, but it all stems from Greco-Roman wrestling. And I mean, if you were, it has some when sec- you look kind at all of the pottery, charged the pottery and the, and the sculptures from back then showed the men doing it completely fucking naked. And it literally looked like someone was trying to overpower the other dude to fuck him. Uh, so, so I could get that, but I, 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 I don't off, buy but... into the fact that this guy, that this kid has specifically set them up in sexually suggestive positions. It was her inference. It was her trauma making mo- that even, inference. Even if you watch modern 2023 wrestling there, you, you take some fucking pants off some dudes and don't see it in real time. 
It looks sexually suggestive if yeah. you want it to be. Yes. Yeah, you know, the, uh, uh, we, we should preface the, this entire uh, section as, again, relating back to what we said previously is, like, if you don't deal with your own fucking trauma, you will project right. your trauma onto yes. future fucking circumstances, 100%. whether it deserves it or not. So she goes into the situation. She sees her youngest, Matthew, six years old at the time, putting these figures in a sexually suggestive positions as her brain thing. Yes, okay. And good. this pisses her off, and she asked where he learned it from. Now, after repeatedly fucking questioning him, berating him about Badgering whether... the witness is what it would be called yes. if you were in court or in an interrogation room with a lawyer present, basically. Oh, yeah, and then she goes even a step further uh, about asking whether or not his oldest yeah, so, brother so, so, so Stephen yes, showed after, him that after all the pressure yes Matthew said yes and then she asked if Who Stephen would touched him like that to which he said she kept asking and asking, repeatedly hammering on him about it, and he finally gave in and said yes. yes. That's obviously the answer she wanted, so exactly. that's what he gave Exactly, yeah. So she feels that, uh, that's her fuel for her fire. She then fucking flies off the handle, and then she asks if Stephen, you know, like we said, ever touched him, but she flew, flies into the rage, grabs an extension cord, wraps it around Stephen's neck, and then slung the cord up over her shoulder like she was carrying a fucking Christmas sack, y'all. Yeah, so, so she, when she gets to the top of the stairs, she, she drags Stephen all the way up to the master bedroom upstairs, and when she gets in there, she repeatedly just punches, punches the living the shit out of this kid. Out of him. Uh, she made nine-year-old Stephen drink window cleaners, the things, Windex and things it's of ammonia. that, yes, and ammonia. threw him into a scalding hot shower. This was the kickoff of an almost week-long span. Dreadheads buckle in. An almost week-long span of abuse and torture, including punching Stephen repeatedly throughout the day, choking him, putting him into more scalding hot showers and baths, burning his genitals and putting a bag over his head. Now, Michelle Blair claims she doesn't know how he eventually died, but that he finally just kind of, quote, gave out, end quote, and she claims to have tried CPR, but she never yeah, called that's, anyone, that's and Stephen ultimately claim. died on July 30th of 2012. Yeah, so she then at that point makes Gabby help put Stephen into the freezer after wrapping him in his favorite blanket. So there's Fuck. like there's like a like a, a hint or a glimmer of remorse over the fact that like oh this is my child. I mean this maybe is a favorite blanket. He's craziness. dead. Let. Uh, let, let's I'm trying to come at it from both angles at I get this you. point. I get um, you. Let, let's make sure we make him feel secure in his resting place. But so either now, way, he so died. Now, but Joe, almost a year later, this yeah. that was July 30th of 2012. Now take us to, to May of 2013. Yeah. So after her middle daughter, Stoney, was actually having an argument with her youngest brother, Matthew, who we previously discussed, um, Michelle claims that Matthew was sitting on the end of her bed when he 
once again told the told her that he was being sexually abused. Right, but now, now she's got the rhythm of it. Yes. Because she's pounded into him. Whether it's real or not, this it could is have unfair. Been real. But what child at whatever age was like, I'm gonna scapegoat it. I don't understand the consequences of yes. what I'm saying. But I'm I know avoid this my is, beatings as well. I yes. I passed it off to an this older sibling last him. time yeah. and I was spared the wrath. So now I'm acting he out of made line an and she's doing Yes. So yeah. now he passes it along to another older sibling. Yeah. And he accused 13-year-old Stony. Yes. So Michelle wasted absolutely no god ta- goddamn time, flew into a fucking rage again, and beat the ever-loving fucking shit out of Stony now, with her in, bare hands. So she's mind, just having this fury with her. Yeah. Keep in mind, Dreadhead, Stephen... Was ultimately died on July 30th of 2012 and has been resting in a deep freezer in this house. We're now in May 2013, almost a year later. Joe, go ahead. Yeah, so she, like we said, she wasted absolutely no time. She grabbed a piece of bed frame that was about 12 inches in length and solid wood and michelle then proceeded to beat stoney's head multiple times now in michelle's words stoney was in quote, quote yes bad shape from that first day on end quote so she she gave traumatic fucking injuries to this yes, child her own child injury, yes. this child she pulled she pushed out of her fucking own body she has no remorse at this point in time. She's just recanting everything she went through. And now, over the course of two weeks, Michelle basically starved Stoney, beat her repeatedly, burned her with an iron, and repeatedly fucking cho- choked her own child. Now, Stoney died May 25th of 2013, not even a full year later after Stephen died. When Michelle well, yeah, here's the a- thing. She didn't die from her injuries. Yeah. Tell us why Stoney actually passed Joe. Yeah. So when Michelle actually put a bag over Stoney's head, she suffocated her. So she yes. thought. So then she, she then- so, so Michelle Blair yeah. then made, made Gabby, who, let me, I'm scrolling up in the notes. Yes, Gabby again. Gabby helped put Steven's body in the freezer. Now so now Michelle Stoney. again is making yeah. Gabby help her stuff Stoney's body into the freezer on top of her brother Steven. Stoney was not given the grace of a blanket or anything like that, but was instead wrapped in plastic. There was a different level of hatred at that point, or a different level of. I mean, I mean, if you listen to her from what we played, clearly there's this. She felt justified. She felt justified because of what she experienced, and she wanted to transpose that onto her own kids because she never got help for her trauma. Fair enough, and I'm not. And I'm not dismissing that. I'm not. I'm not. Dismissing her actions either. Off the deep end by this point. She'd already killed one of her kids. And then, Jesus, God, uh, what, what, Stephen died in 2012, so a year later, this happened. Stoney so she, died 2013, so yeah, two so years about, later, about, March 2015. Year. Yes, yeah, yeah, there we go. Let's go to March 2015. Yeah. So take us so, there. Yeah, absolutely. So after multiple attempts to collect the rent and being served in, like, an eviction notice, the sheriff's office or sheriff's uh, folks finally fucking showed up, and they were actually called to evict Blair and her family. And, yeah, at the, and her two remaining kids at this point which was Stoney still in the and house Gabby. yeah so and gabby gabby who had helped shuffle off the bodies did, of as Stephen, mama told yes yeah, 
Well, yeah. no, I'm saying Stony. Hold on, fucking shit. It's Gabby. I got to scroll a little bit further up. Gabby and Matthew. Sorry. Yeah. Matthew had nothing Gabby's to do with eldest. it. Gabby's the eldest. Yeah. yeah Matthew has nothing got, to do with no, anything. No, but Gabby's yeah. there. So now it's Michelle, Gabby, and Matthew. Go yeah. ahead, Joe. So the when the sheriffs walked in, the, ho- the home was actually an absolute squalor and fucking filth. And when they actually started to remove furniture, they then opened up the deep freeze. And that, it, that was actually like just situated in the fucking living room. And finally fought, uh, saw the body of 13-year-old Stoney. Again, which had been on, on top, top of, the of brother her brother Stephen. At this point, we're talking two years in, Drew. Yes. Had these bodies have been in there for two, two years. goddamn years, y'all. And it wasn't until after the police were called that they actually found Stephen's body below his sister. And Michelle obviously was arrested without incident after one of the neighbors told police where she actually was during that uh, eviction notice. Yeah, so now when we get into the trial, Dreadheads, Michelle Blair actually accepted a plea deal. In June of 2015, so now remember, everything went down in March of 2015. So so we're talking about just a few months later, June 2015. uh, Michelle Blair was convicted of premeditated first-degree murder and felony felony homicide murder. She was sentenced to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. She adamantly defended and still does defend her decision to, quote, protect, end quote, her youngest son, we're talking Matthew, from her two middle children that she killed. That would be Stephen and Stoney. But then what's so fucked up is she, like, claimed that she did all fucking again in heartbeat and actually called the, uh, the two kids she fucking birthed out and killed. Like, she called them fucking demons. Yeah, and you, and you heard in the audio clip we played, the audio clip we played where she said she would do it again. <sighs> Uh, so Michelle Blair is currently serving her sentence at the Huron Valley Correctional Facility in Pittsfield Township, Michigan. Now she's she's had her fair share of post conviction trouble, which further well, leads to her, her mental instability. Yes. No, that's fine. But we're just going to point this out as we start wrapping it up. We've already kept you here almost ninety minutes, dreadheads. Why fucking cut sorry, back now? Not sorry. No, no. <laughs> uh, in March of 2017, it was reported that Michelle uh, Michelle Blair accumulated as many as 28 misconducts as a prisoner, including assaulting and spitting on other prisoners. She was also accused of using cans, so empty soda cans, to throw urine, as well as her feces at correctional officers. Michelle has also allegedly hit multiple officers. As a result of her actions, she was sentenced to an additional 38 months to five years in prison. But now, again, this all comes on top of the fact that she was uh, handed down uh, where with life imprisonment without the possibility of a parole, so yeah. she's going to keep acting. Yeah, as best I usually those who have like life imprisonment do not give a fuck. They'll just they're hoping they're the most for a dangerous ones. Yep. Because yep. what else are you going to do? What are you going to kill me now? Especially if you're in a state that does not do the death penalty. What are yeah. you going to do? I'm going to do you're what I want. Add to. more Ca- time. Cash me outside. Cool. You gave me five fucking yeah. life sentences. Guess what, bro? I have one life to live. So yeah. what the fuck are you going to yeah. do? Keep adding. This you know, is it why is people should be sentenced to death. Yes, a hundred fucking percent. Yes. All right, dreadheads. As I've said, we've almost kept you for ninety minutes. We we generally don't try to do it this long, and honestly. 
with the with the notes that we had, I didn't think it was going to be this long, Shout Joe, did Chris you? Chris Owens again. Thank yes, you. Yes, Cheeky, thank you so fucking much. But again, it gave us a lot to talk about and yeah. things of that nature. Uh, so we're glad you made it through the end with us. And again... This is going to be an ongoing series. I, I mean, at this point, fuck, who knows how long this series could go, yeah. given the subject matter. And I'm History, sure... History, human depravity, like God knows how long this could yep, go. Yep, exactly. So, you know, I'm glad y'all bared with us, but honestly, it's probably just going to get more fucked up with here, so you're a badass dreadhead. Well, actually, because I know the, at least one, the next one, uh, yeah, it's going to get worse. There's a few other ones that we're hoping... That part two is going to be episode 70, but I promise you, you're not going to want to miss a single episode 66, 67, 68, or 69 (laughs) are going to be (laughs) fucked up. I promise you 67 and 68, they're fucking bangers. Uh, we've already done the notes for them. Yeah, they are rough, they are y'all. fucking brutal. Because again, we try to we try to bring you 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 listeners the more obscure. You know, and things of that nature. And we don't want to two-part episodes out and things of that nature. So, As much as I've told them, we need, maybe need to do part one, part two, part three. Just oh, episode no. 60, 67 should be. Yeah. Expect that one to be close to two hours long. And I'm going to leave it at that. If you're in our Discord because you're a Patreon, you already know who that is. Those notes are brutal, long, yeah. and detailed. But... Let's wrap up episode 65 again. Big shout out to Richie Estrada, our old school dreadhead, for suggesting Ronnie O'Neill III and ultimately helping us to kick this series off. Sorry it took so long, but I know you're a badass and you appreciate it and love it. And this episode is truly for you. It a big ass fucking shout out to Chris O. Thank you so much because I even said it in the messages. If it hadn't been for you kind of helping out with notes, there at least been at least one or two weeks where we had to like skip an episode because we were so like bombarded with life and all that so thank you so fucking much for like helping out with research and doing notes like goddamn yep and if you and if you want to help us with research we we have it set up into the discord don't forget to visit spreadthedreadpodcast.com on that website yep. you're going to find links to all the podcast platforms as well as our youtube and bit shoot if you're listening on there make sure you like subscribe comment and share Hopefully, episode 66 will be the debut of the Spread the Dread podcast with video. But right now, you're getting full video of Fright Flick, Fuck, Mary Kill, and Talking Dread on those platforms. So thank you guys for in girls and either or neither Norse for showing up on those. Also on SpreadTheDreadPodcast.com, uh, spread you're going to find links to our Facebook and IG and social media. There's a clapper coming. There's a TikTok coming. We've listened. We're trying. This We're is my trying. This is <laughs> Mr. Man trying. <laughs> this is mine and Joe's first podcast we've ever done. And most yes. people get to several podcasts in before they do that. Luckily, we've had a lot of success with this one. So we're trying to catch up. People have been asking about TikTok and Clapper and YouTube shorts and IG reels. We are 100% working behind the scenes right now. Hopefully, within a month from this episode, all of that shit is rolling and going. We are working on it. I promise you we're investing our own money. We're investing the Patreon money. 
all that stuff. We work full-time jobs. If you're paying us on Patreon, it's not to pay our bills. We want to put that money back into this podcast and keep making it better and putting content out. And I promise you, a month from now, you're going to see a lot more from us. And that is why, because we are taking that and doing that. So again, consider visiting patreon.com slash spread the dread podcast. Check out all the four different tiers over there. Consider joining. But regardless, if you don't, these episodes, we're going to keep rolling them out. And there's a lot of cool stuff with all the tears. You look about to say something. No. You're uh, not? I know. I was actually about to say, according to our Patreons. Yes. Let's, let's, you know, we're closing out. Let's go ahead and do our Patreon shout outs. Joe, I normally do them. Let's let you do them this time. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, sophomore dreadheads, Brandon I and Eric Breathhauer. Thank you. And stay dreadful. Yeah. So, junior dreadheads, Casey Judkins, Chris Owens, Greg Barry, and Dylan Matt. Thank you y'all so much stay dreadful yes and as well as senior dreadheads christopher r and julian this are moi yeah she's french as shit she's from quebec she's in a discord <laughs> i wanted to say it's sexier i wanted to, <laughs> i put everybody's last names in it now because i was like fuck it we may have more chris o's and greg b's in the future so if they're going to be stupid enough to give us their last names on Patreon, we're going to use them. We're going to be retarded enough to fucking state them. So there you go. Thank and y'all forget, so much. Yes, thank y'all so much. Don't forget, if you're a junior dreadhead, you get to pick a fright flick, fuck Mary, kill topic once, and you get a free exclusive sticker every month. If you're a senior dreadhead, you get to pick an episode of Spread the Dread podcast once, and you get a free T-shirt and sticker every month. So again, we're going to always keep this. And free. no matter the tier, you get to get on Discord and you get to harass Marty. Yes, you get on our. You get on our <laughs> or have Marty harass you. It's public, it's private, but not prestigious. No. <laughs> our Discord server, no matter the tier, you are on there and you're going to have access to our once a month exclusive episode of Dreadful as Fuck with our boys Dave and Garrett in Criminal AF. That's coming at the end of this month. We already have it all scheduled, so we cannot wait. We have kept Joel on. Oh, sorry. One last thing. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. Screenshot that. Send it to us on IG, Facebook, or Spread the Dread Podcast at gmail.com, along with your mailing address, and we will send you out some exclusive. You can only get them by doing a review. Five-star super spreader, Spread the Dread Podcast stickers. We'll get those out to you if you do that. Joe, we've kept them for over 90 minutes. We know our audience, their attention spans are wearing. They're sobering <laughs> up. All kinds of things are going on. They've listened too long. So let's close out as always by saying, I'm John. And I'm Joe. And look, it's fucked up enough out there as it is. So all of y'all make sure you leave the dread to us. In the meantime, you stay proud. You stay powerful. And you stay positive. And no matter what you're doing while you listen to this podcast or what you're about to do once you're done listening to this podcast, you be the fucking true dreadhead you are and you get out there and, and you wreck, wreck that, that shit. shit. Joe tried to cut in. She couldn't do it well. <laughs> Cue the end theme. Why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here?